0: Courtesy of Bob the Engineer, Dolly the Reception, and yes, your host, your servant, the jester.
1: Oh, my Lord.
0: We're wired that way. No point in fighting it. Hi,
1: everybody.
2: I'm Archibald with the Drills of Houston, Texas. We don't only sing,
3: but we dance. Once upon a time, there was an engineer.
4: Choo-choo
5: Charlie was his name we hear. He
3: had an engine and he sure had fun.
5: He used good and plenty candy to make his train run.
3: Charlie says,
6: "Love my good and plenty." Charlie says, "Really rings the bell." Charlie says, "Love my good and plenty." Don't know
1: any other candy that I love so well. Another public service announcement from Real Cream.
0: Finally, someone has reinvented the wheel. Hey, uh, you tuned into the ravings of a clown on gesture Radio.
7: <laughs>
1: Don't argue with the ball. Roger. We'll go. It's as good as done.
3: The complete solution for your home PC. Hero!
7: fire the roof the roof the roof is on fire we don't need no water let the motherfucker burn burn
0: motherfucker Slamming sim 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 dum 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 Hello, my name is Jimmy Pop, and I'm a dumb white.
7: Hello, my name is Jimmy Pop. Good evening, and welcome to the show.
0: Not old or new.
7: Junior high I don't know Mofo If y'all peeps Be fucking Giving props to my Hope Cause the white meat.
1: But I can take The heat Cause I'm the Other white meat Known as Kid Funky
0: Sand and Phantom yeah, Hung like Planet Pluto Hard to see With the naked eye But if I crashed Into your anus I'm sorry That joke just <laughs> Stops being funny I had the word Anything with the word Anus in it so fuck. Just
4: can't, I, I had that one part to that song stuck in my head for which days. One? Just the uh, hung like planet Pluto <laughs> from there to the very end. It's all stuck in my fucking head, man.
0: Come on, man. That's just plain funny. It was fire, water, burn.
4: Yeah, it was funny. About you know, the first I think three thousand times I spun <laughs> it to myself. <laughs> <laughs> After that, you know, ago, I gotta
0: tell power. you, I wonder who it was. I believe it may have been S. Po that's recommended that song for the uh, theme song uh, or he also recommended My Shit's Fucked Up by Warren Zevon which we do play here a lot because it is apropo it's uh, kind of
4: sad how that guy went huh Warren Zevon locked himself in a fucking studio
0: yeah man very sad very sad dude um, brilliant career amazing um, you know was originally first discovered and produced by uh, Jackson Brown oh really yeah and um, he was the one and only guy, Warren Zevon, that ever replaced Paul Schaefer on the Letterman show. Oh, really? Yeah, he's the only guy that let. What that- was
4: the What was the whole deal? Why did he lock himself in that damn studio or whatever? He like went real berserk <coughs> in the end, huh?
0: Well, what happened was his son produced the um, his final album, and he basically had you know days, weeks to live. He was on Letterman just about two, three weeks before he died doing "Knocking on Heaven's Door, which was just killer, man. Yeah. And then he also did a song called Keep Me in Your Heart, which was just, just brutal, you know, just sort of like the last thoughts of a dying man, you know? Yeah. But in the end, I'm sure he wanted to get, you know, he, he he couldn't... He felt like he couldn't leave the studio because he felt like he didn't have... His life's
4: work wasn't done until he finished that show.
0: And and he didn't
4: have, you know, really, literally a matter of days in the end. Yeah, well, I mean, when you know you, you, you love something so much like music, you know, you know, there's only one real way to go, man. That's why you're doing it.
0: He had a unique career, very unique career, while he was alive... And I guess he figured he would do his death in a unique way, too. Yeah. Hey, good evening. You're welcome to the Ravings of a Clown on Jester Radio. It's Tuesday, February the 12th, the year of our Lord, 2008, hanging behind the glass. Again, this evening with my good friend, Bob the Engineer. Good evening, Robert. How's it going? Not too bad. Yourself, son? Uh, Pretty good. Pretty good. Bob, of course, has been here all this past couple of weeks to promote our... Uh brand new um, phone in, uh, yeah, a
4: new phone in line,
0: telephone line, and uh, Bob, why don't you t- tell the folks uh, at home how they can maybe get in on that?
4: It's it's not real hard. It's not complicated at all. Actually, what do you do? Uh, do you, you have, you gotta have do... any special equipment mm, at home? Or? No, you don't need any special equipment. At least for this way, all you got to do is go to the Jester Radio homepage. Right, and it's right there in front of you. Bam. And Can't what, fucking miss it.
0: And what? And, and what if you you don't have the homepage handy? Can you give us the phone number?
4: Oh well, if you don't have the homepage handy, I can give you the phone number. Yes, well, what is I that? I can do that. It's a six four six right five zero two right eighty six hundred.
0: So what is that? Is that like some kind of one of those porno Bermuda lines where they charge you a dollar ninety nine a second? Or? Uh,
4: no, actually, that that's that, that was that was custom. Remember, you you requested that specifically that number. I, I had to go through a lot of connections, pulling a lot of favors for you to get that number.
0: Wow, that's so cool. So it's basically just like a uh, long distance call for most people, but for most people's plans, it's included.
4: Yeah, I mean, if you don't got long distance on your your cell phone bill, you just live in medieval and getting ass raped by the phone company. So where is that area code six That's courses? actually uh, New York, downtown. Downtown Manhattan. Manhattan. Wow, downtown that's Manhattan. so
0: cool. That's very cool. Well, thanks for that, Bob. We're gonna keep uh, keep up to date on that. Also, we're going to take a look at what's going on in that sick fucking world of yours. And in my world, vey, nothing good. Um, my sister, I got a call from my brother uh-huh. earlier today. Not a happy call. You know, it was a, you got to call me.
4: One of those, just kind you of know messes. it's not going to be good at all.
0: So typically I never call these people back, you know, I have um, not 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 a good relationship with these people, but, um, you know, I, I just knew that, you know, you could tell by the tone that this kind of call is like a setup call, so that when I don't call back, then they'll all start talking to each other about what a scumbag I am when they called me to tell me this terrible news and I didn't call back.
4: So did you gave? Did you? So call? I call
0: back. My sister's got one foot in the grave, the other foot on the banana oh, peel. Jesus, that's not good, man. She maybe got forty eight hours, but that's a stretch. Oh, that's
4: that's that's too bad, man.
0: So you know, she's been sort of uh, 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 she outlasted all the predictions. She's lived with uh, MS for twenty plus years. Mm-hmm. Oh, and uh, she actually had her own funeral two years ago, almost two years ago, a year and a half ago. So she's been, you know, so, something she, she read. Had at, her own funeral. She read That's about right. this um, in in my my Tuesdays with Maury, which was a book yep. about a guy. <clears throat> Who visited with some old geezer and he died, and one of the things was they had this f- living funeral where he wanted to be there to hear what everybody was going to say at his funeral. Ah, so he had so the they funeral.
4: Can't fucking badmouth you, John. So That's what I'm talking so about. So he had
0: the funeral. No, not though they can't badmouth you, you boneheads. Just so he could hear it, so he can enjoy it. You know, you never get to be at your own funeral and hear what people get to say about you. So. She set up this thing and we all went, and really everybody bought into it, man. It was like fucking a couple of hundred people there.
4: Yeah, so they were all. What? what she pretended she actually was dead. She didn't
0: pretend showed. she was dead. She just said, I want all my loved ones to come and say the shit that they would have said when I died, only say it in front of my face. That's cool, man. So yeah, it was very cool. It was very cool, and everybody. That's a, that's so, a pretty big. And we brought in some there. bagels and locks from Manhattan. You know, uh, couldn't be. Yeah, it couldn't hurt. I mean, it was really good, fresh locks. But man, and when I tell you, these people snarfed it down like they hadn't seen locks in a fucking in a thousand years. You know what
4: I had the other day for the first time in my life? An elephant ear. Oh my God. Yeah, it's there,
0: just like a funnel cake, really, yeah. isn't
4: it? Uh, no, it's not really like a funnel cake. I don't know. It's like kind of flaky, but it's got some real kind of... Really? It's just a donut, just a piece yeah. of fried fucking... I never, never had one before. It was pretty good, man.
0: Where'd you get it? At the county fair?
4: Uh, no, no, no. Half a mile from the county fair? I have my, I have my sources. Store. I have my sources.
0: So anyway, my sister, great you know, woman, defied the odds. Uh, her father, my father, um, got divorced from her mother... Um, When she was like seven or eight years old, um, her mother was kind of a whack job. um, In in that way, I took after my father that way, too, um, in that I was always attracted to these sort of emotionally unstable women. Aren't we all and Aren't uh, we all <laughs> and um, uh, 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 so my sister's mother um you know what wh- the, the 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 legend is my aunt nina was playing with she was you know she's like 140 now so she was like i guess like a young spry you know 5 or 6 or 7 years old kid and she was playing with the venetian blinds uh-huh. In my mm-hmm. sister's room, and the Venetian blinds came crashing down, which was enough racket to wake the dead, but my sister didn't wake up. Mm. So they take her to the hospital, and they find out she's deep as a stone. Don't know really how, whether it happened after she was born. She had had a very high fever briefly when she was an infant, so yep. you know that could cause deafness, or whether she was born with it. But the truth is... It has, you know, although my sister always maintained that she must have been born with hearing because she could sometimes have dreams where she could hear. Ah. But that didn't mean shit because other people who are deaf think they're having dreams that they can yeah. hear, but they don't know what hearing yeah. is. When my, when my little they just brother was call born. it hearing. You know, they don't know what the fuck it is.
4: When my little, when my little brother was born, he, uh, his heart actually stopped, man. He almost died. He almost was never here.
0: Well, that's very sad, and he's a nice little boy, so I would hate for that to have happened. Yeah. So anyway, she grew up, she was very independent, she was sort of like the tough, you know, she was my father's first kid, and she was a very tough kid, and, you know... The oldest
4: always has to be the toughest.
0: She was 11 one. years older than me. You know, as old as all my brothers were to me, she was older than them, because she, the she was a previous marriage with yeah. my father.
4: See, being the oldest, it's, all, it's kind of the weirdest... Because you're like the guinea pig child. You know, parents kind of just learning how to raise a kid. Well, that's I interesting. I experiment a lot with you because you're going to get, you get into it all before anybody well, else does. Well, I
0: guess that's true with, uh, especially with my sister because she was sort of, you know, basically just like a spoiled princess. And everybody just sort of tiptoed around on eggshells with her. And, um, you know, when I was a kid, we had this rule, we had the, it, the in the library, the house where I grew up in, yeah. we had this nice TV and everybody would sort of covet the nice chair. Yeah. So the, the deal, yeah, the, so the, the, the you the what spot, I mean? right? So the deal was, you know, basically you had the chair until you had to go pee or something, you know? And if and you it, got up, you lost you it. You lost it. That's all it was. So one day my sister comes in and she says to me, okay, pff, you know, get up time for me to have the chair.
4: <laughs> yeah, obviously.
0: So, so I said well that's not the rule I said the rule is you can hover as long as you want you can stalk for hours or days but until I get up and relinquish the chair you can't have the chair so she goes okay she walks out of the room she comes back in with my father like two minutes later my father goes what's this your sister says that you can't have the she can't have the chair because she's deaf I said, what the... He says, is that the way to talk to your sister? Get up to your fucking room, you miserable son of a... (laughs) I was like, but the... Who the... What the...
4: That's good, man. That's good. That's a good one.
0: So anyway... It's uh, too bad.
4: Yeah. Too bad, so sad.
0: And uh, it is so sad. She opened up the... She started the um, sign language department at Northeastern University and um, became a tenured professor there, was for 30 years and uh, very well known in the northeast, um, you know, Boston area of the country as a famous uh, uh, deaf rights activist and uh, sign language uh, teacher. So, anyway, hoping and wishing good things for her this evening. It's amazing the stuff
4: they do with sign language, man. You know they teach uh, babies how to do sign language?
0: Well, that's true. You know, for certain moments, certain portions of your life, it's the more natural language. So, yeah,
4: because babies use their hands and their arms and a lot and stuff. And there's, yeah. there's ways of teaching them to do it. I don't know how the hell they do it, man, but I saw, yeah. I saw a little kid well, do like that one said, time and I was the, shocked. That there was is like, a brief
0: damn. window in a child's life where the, where the where sign language is a more natural language than spoken language. Yeah. So if you can get it, I didn't really learn sign language till I was like eighteen or nineteen. Like learn American sign language, I had a few words and a few phrases and
4: so few you never really letters knew here and in the there. Sand? Never
0: really could fluently use the language. Could she?
4: Could your sister read lips?
0: She could read lips at best. You know, the best anybody could ever do is thirty um, percent about you know comprehension. That's the yeah. best. So only about, even the best lip readers in the world only can get about a third of what you're saying. Uh, So, and then they maybe guess, you know, quite a lot, but lip reading is vastly overrated. Yeah. You can't really lip read.
4: Did she ever gain the ability of speech? Could Could she speak?
0: She was profoundly deaf. In my opinion, she was probably never hearing because if you heard her voice, she was one of those deaf people that you went, What? Huh? Yeah, that you what? can't really understand what saying. Very meant. nasal yeah. and very, you know, very little diaphragm, very little d- bottom end to her voice, so it was very difficult to make out. I mean, even as I we grew older and we you know, got sort of got it used it, to it, like it. I, it was still fucking difficult to make out what she was saying. Until when I moved to Boston and lived down the block from her and started seeing her and hanging out with her every day, that's when I decided to learn sign language. Uh, and then I started going to the deaf clubs, the the Deaf club in Boston, where uh, the you know at, at a certain point, you know, people would would uh, mistake me for being deaf because my a- ASL was so good.
4: Yeah, that's it's crazy. a completely
0: different language than English is. The grammar is completely different. So how many times
4: do you think you actually talked to somebody that could really speak that was just doing sign language because you were doing it? I, I'm telling
0: you, I was uh, you know I was very convincing there for a time. Now, one time by accident. I asked the waitress for a cup of coffee, but it I got the wrong sign and it meant the sign I used meant do you want to make out?
4: Ah uh-huh. and she like
0: rolled her eyes and walked away and everybody at the tab- table was like Making hysterically you, like, laughing. Like,
4: like what the fuck? What an idiot. <laughs> it's but like it's like it's this like is the sign it, it's like when you coffee. meet your you uh, your you, like your uh, sister's family, your uh, your girlfriend's family, or something. They all yeah, speak right. another language, right. and then brothers are telling you, "Oh yeah, say this." Everybody exactly. will love it. You know, I tell you something. See, this is the sign shit.
0: for coffee, and yeah. this is the sign for make out. Ah, so it's close, very, very, very similar. close, very, very close. similar. You're tuned into the Ravings of a Clown on Jester Radio. We're talking about um, uh, hanging behind the glass this evening with Bob the Engineer. What's going on? Uh, Senator Barack Obama won the Virginia primary today and reached out for victories in nearby Maryland and the District of Columbia determined to erode or even erase Hillary Rodham Clinton's uh, delegate lead in the Democratic presidential race, Obama's triumph. So we have this sort of like uh, this dark horse. Yep. Yeah. No pun intended. Coming from the outside, um, closing in on Hillary. Obama's triumph made it uh, six straight over Clinton, the former first lady, now struggling to keep up the race she once commanded. Uh, Just Radio made its call based on surveys of voters as they left the polls. The interview with voters showed blacks accounted for nearly one-third of the ballots cast in Virginia, and Obama's share approached 90%, and he and, uh, he and Clinton split the white vote. So half the so, white so people like, so Half so the, white, like the people white people are voting for him way, huh? Half the white people are voting for him And 90% of the black people are voting for him Just as I feared Black people have no Couldn't care less what this guy is about
4: they Just because just, just just he's black Just
0: because he's more. black They figured, man if he's black If they have a black guy in the pre- in the office what do you, what do you think The happen, world man? will be better for them
4: Well, What do you think will happen man do you think somebody will try and kill him I mean, no. I not want to. I'm not trying to say that in a bad way. I'm not trying to influence anybody. I mean, anybody because he's black. Him. Yeah. You think? Do you think that someone's gonna try and assassinate him? I mean, that's a huge. You know,
0: I'm surprised to hear you say that. You're a young guy. I thought, really, somebody of my age would say something like that. Somebody of my era, era, era. But it's interesting to hear a young guy like you even think of that. No, honestly, I don't think. That somebody would really? try to assassinate him just because well, he's I mean, black? Just
4: because I'm a young guy, man, doesn't mean I don't know a lot of shit about the Kennedy assassinations and whatnot. I mean, fuck, I watch TV, watch the Discovery Channel and shit, History Channel. I pay attention to shit, learn shit in school. I'm not a complete and total mental midget. Yeah, but still. As to what you might think. A relatively in all, smart individual.
0: In all, there were 168 delegates at stake in the three Democratic primaries. Clinton began the night with 1,147 delegates to 1,124 for Obama, both are far from the 2025 which are needed for the uh, to win the nomination of the Democratic National Convention this summer.
4: Man, our president's name is going to be Obama Bin Laden, what the fuck.
0: The Bush administration has instructed U.S. diplomats abroad to defend its decision to seek the death penalty for six Guantanamo Bay detainees in the September 11 terror attacks by recalling the executions of Nazi war criminals after World War II. So get this. This is what's what going on here. They're finally now, after six years, after they've been putting people just, in this they're illegal... Pro- they're just now the- getting around to trying, putting these people on trial. Uh, yeah. And they're saying six of them, they want to get the death penalty. Why? Well, they compare it to, for example, the... Um, Nazi war crimes after World War II, the the Berlin trials.
4: No, I, I, I not even I wouldn't even compare it to that. It's well, for no, one thing, it's, like it's not an a, organized
0: army. For one thing, they were not working together. They were not they were not with the, the there was nobody in Iraq that was in on September 11.
4: Are these guys all from Iraq? A four
0: page cable sent to U.S. embassies and obtained today by Jester Radio says that. Execution as punishment for extreme violations of the law of war is internationally accepted in points of the 1945-46 International Military Tribunals as an example. Twelve of Adolf Hitler's senior aides were sentenced to death at the trials in Nuremberg, although not all of them were executed in the end. But, of course, that was a war. With a, with an organized, you know, with a uniform and yeah. with a, you know, I mean, but look, these I people. Mean, there as far is no war,
4: man. I don't know whether they did it, they didn't, because I don't know. I don't see. I haven't seen the hard facts, you know, the evidence. I don't know all the details of the case and whatnot. But as far as I'm concerned, if they fucking had anything to do with it, they should be fucking stoned to death. Well, I, I couldn't, agree steak, man. couldn't agree with you more. Couldn't agree with you more. Although shit that they did, although to those I think
0: that they should be d- d- detained indefinitely. They should be held for life. I don't believe in capital punishment. So I do believe they should be incarcerated for the rest of their lives and not the kind where they have free weights and free HBO, but more of the kind where they're in like a small wire cage where they can't really sit up and they can't really stand down and they can't really be comfortable in any position. So you're talking
4: like it basically confine
0: them to a box. Like a chicken. Uh, like a cardboard box or something like that. Think, what are we going to do, lose them I'm in not, the fucking UPS shipping room? I think a chicken thing is better out in algae, so that way you can hose them down. Yeah, like
4: a, like a little chicken coop out there? Exactly. You know one time I, my dad was telling me the story about this dude that was trying to clean his chicken shed with ammonia. You know after a while piss turns to or uh, or he's trying to clean it with bleach. You know, you know after a while piss shit, turns, piss into turns ammonia. to ammonia. Sure. Yeah, ammonia and bleach make some kind of really lethal right, right. smoky shit. Sure. And the guy fucking almost killed himself, couldn't get out of the chicken coop. He stayed in there, I don't know, another 10 seconds longer,
0: he probably would have been dead. The unclassified cable is sent by State Department to all U.S. diplomatic missions worldwide late today. In it, the department advises American diplomats to refer to Nuremberg if asked by foreign governments or media about the legality of capital punishment in 9-11 cases. International humanitarian law contemplates the use of the death penalty for serious violations of the laws of war, says the cable, which was written by the office of the department's legal advisor. So they got the White House lawyers working overtime coming up with a legal excuse comparing uh, the Guantanamo detainees to prisoners of war, people who were in violation of the laws of war. But these people consistently say this is not a war because that's why the Geneva Convention doesn't p- apply. Because it's not a war. So it's a war when they want it to be a war, and it's not a war when they don't want it to be a war. And I agree with you, Bob. If there's any of these fucking people had anything to do with 9-11 or any real crime, then I think they should be tried in public and they should go to fucking jail.
4: Yeah, they should get locked up. with, you know, they should. You know what? Not, I th- you, know what you know what? You know what? This phony baloney, like you know what I think? Big I
0: think- umbrella of terrorism. And ooh, they're not just criminals. They're ooh, they're terrorists because they ooh, they terrorize people and they work with ooh Osama. They're just a bunch of fucking lunatic criminals who blow shit up. Do you remember back in uh, the nineties? Do you remember the Alfred P. Murrah building in uh, in? Um, uh, that the government building.
4: Yeah, that old buddy blew up with the truck bomb. That
0: Timothy McVeigh yeah, blew. Up. Yeah, I remember yeah. that shit. Now let me ask you something. Timothy McVeigh. Yeah. A lot of people in the world think the way he thinks. A lot of people in the United States are anti-government. They think that Ruby Ridge and all these, you know, conspiracies and... uh, I don't know, Ruby
4: Ridge was a little fucked up, dude. I mean, they did kill a couple innocent people there. Okay,
0: you see what I'm saying? Even it trickles down to even, like, normal people like you who don't have the faintest idea what really happened at Ruby Ridge. Okay. But the same thing with, like, Waco, Texas and all these sort of anti-government people have point to these, like, few little incidents that they claim show that the government is a rogue government and we need to These are the
4: type of fucking loony bins though that believe in fucking UFOs and government conspiracies and all right. This shit. Right. But
0: more importantly, Timothy McVeigh when he blew up the Alfred P. Murrah building,
4: what exactly was his reason reasoning behind that?
0: He was anti-government oh, and this was no a government shit, building. Mark, thanks a lot. Right. He Thank was one of these obvious. people that thought the government was, you know, a big conspiracy, you know, whatever. He, when he did that, we didn't prosecute, we didn't start a war against fucking <laughs> he, we, I- Iowa, <laughs> wherever the hell he was from. We just arrested this one guy. And we prosecuted him. You understand? We didn't make it seem like, ooh, terrible. Ooh, he used a bomb. Ooh, he's in touch with other people who think the way he thinks. Ooh, they're a bunch of wackos who threaten the very way of life. We didn't manufacture this whole phony, scary, bullshit fucking war. We just treated it like a crime. And that's what happened on 9-11. If, in fact... If, if in fact, what we think happened is what happened at all, it was a bunch of ragtag group. It wasn't an army. It wasn't a standing government. There is no defined enemy. It's just a bunch of ragtag criminals who all think alike.
4: You know they need to just get locked up with some big nickname. So, that's going to ask. So let's not, a not pretend that's, that's, that's a that, truth that w- w-
0: right w- whatever evidence we have against them is just too secret and too too precious to expose to the American people. I think the American people could take it. I think the American people can handle. Are you sure? Uh, uh, I, don't, he, I don't handle hearing the, the, the truth and whatever advantage it gives the enemy. It, it was so pathetic to listen. To these cocksuckers lying on TV to say uh, the other day in a in a, in a Senate uh, inquiry uh, that we uh, don't want to say whether or not we use waterboarding because we don't want the enemy to uh, to know to prepare for it.
4: They probably what fucking taught it to us. You shitting me? This is a technique. Let me
0: tell you something about fucking waterboarding, man. This is a technique that's been going back. 10,000 years. It goes back to before the Inquisition, and they know damn well about it, and they know how to prepare for it. Believe you me. It doesn't give our enemies any advantage or disadvantage to know. The only reason that they're not saying whether it's torture is because Because they're lying to Americans. They're lying to America. They're lying to your own government. Is lying to you. And when you ask them point blank, "Tell me, is it against the law or not?" They'll say to you, "No, no, no, no. We can't tell you. That's too secret information. Our enemies will use that information and prepare for you know, the waterboarding." You know
4: what, buddy? I think I'll take the. They're risk. prepared. <laughs> I think. Let I'll
0: us know. How about we'll fucking decide what's what's a secret and what's not a secret?
4: That's what I'm talking about right there.
0: Meanwhile, the speaker of Iraq's fragmented parliament. Threatened today that. to disband the legislature already. This phony baloney government that we propped up there with fucking paper and spit and glue is falling apart already, saying it's so riddled with distrust and appears unable to adopt the budget or agree on a law setting a date for provincial elections. Disbanding parliament would prompt new elections within uh, 60 days, further undermine Prime Minister Nuri al-Maliki's shaky government which is limping along with nearly half of the uh, 40 cabinet posts currently vacant. The disarray undermines the purpose of last year's U.S. troops surge to bring down violence enough to allow the Iraqi government and parliament to focus on measures to reconcile differences among minorities, Sunnis and Kurds, and the majority Shiites. Violence is down dramatically, but political progress languishes. Uh Iraq's constitution allows Mahmoud (laughs) al-Mashadani,
4: the hot-tempered
0: speaker and member of the minority Sunni faction, to dissolve parliament if one-third of its members request the move and a majority of lawmakers approve. Al-Mashadani said he already had sufficient backing for the move from five political blocks, but he refused to name which ones because some of them weren't specifically in Iraq.
1: Uh, hey,
0: you're listening to the Ravings of a Clown on Jester Radio. More of what you tune into the uh, Jester for here. This Tuesday, February the 12th, the year of our Lord, 2008. You know, back in, uh, I don't know if you ever read this, um, there was a um, book. Yeah. Written. Um,
4: I don't read many books, man.
0: No, oh, that's goes that go go
4: go go ahead though. I'm I'm interested. I'm curious. Go ahead.
0: Well I think it goes back to the fifties um, honestly these um, Kubler Ross was a scientist no nineteen sixty nine here uh, um, was a Elizabeth Kubler Ross wrote this book called On Death and Dying. And it was the first real analysis of um, you know the process that people go through, the emotional process that people go through when somebody close to them dies. So in the book, she came up with this concept of these five uh, stages of grief that we all go through. Um, And actually, she went so far as to say that it wasn't just for when somebody dies, but it's really all these little losses that we experience over our lifetime. Losing a job, losing a loved one, um, breaking up with a girlfriend, you know even like when you lose your job and you lose your routine and you mo- you lose those friends from work you lose the the, the, the drive um, you know the the commute uh, and the little things that you used to do you you, you you lose the place where you had lunch all those years you know so all these little losses for each one of them we go through these like stages of grief so Uh and I've and I've started thinking about this you know almost preparing for you know the news of my sister's death could come any second now as we're talking yeah and um and you know preparing for how I'm gonna you know feel and how I'm gonna respond and what I'm gonna do and um so anyway the four the the five stages are denial anger bargaining depression and acceptance Uh uh-huh those are the four stages of grief. And like I said, they apply to almost anything, you know, you go, any, any kind of loss you go through. So, the, you know, the first one is denial, where you start saying, I, I, this is, you know, this isn't possible. And in the still of the night, lying in the darkness, I listen to my heart say it isn't true.
2: In the still of the night Lying in the darkness I listen to my heart Say it isn't true In the dark and the quiet The movements of my
8: love
2: And the breathing of our children citizen.
0: himself on JR. Tell me that it isn't true. Three songs for your denying pleasure. Three Dog Night Before That, Liar, and Jackson Brown started that set, Say It Isn't True. I believe all three of those songs reflect the first phase of the five phases of grief, of grieving. Uh, the Kubler-Roth uh, model of the... Um, have you heard about this?
4: Yeah, yeah. You know about these five phases? Yeah, it's um, denial, anger. Ooh, I can't remember those last three. What are they? Remind but denial
0: me. and anger are definitely the first two. We just did denial with those three songs. Yeah,
4: yeah, yeah. What, what's, uh, and what's anger, of
0: course, is next. Now, I don't know if you're aware of this, but I yeah. have a my own personal... It's actually called The Jester's 19 Phases of uh, Grief. It's actually 19? Well, in, m- in my modified, it's like the Kubler. Well, basically what it is is it's a phase of denial, then a phase of anger, then a phase of bargaining, then another phase of anger. There's actually uh, seven more phases of anger, different kinds of anger. They're Then always followed anger. by a fa- several phases of rage. And then just back again to the normal anger. Then it goes into the depression, like the Kubler-Roth model. But then in mine, there's a deep depression. And then there's a massive suicidal, deep, deep, hanging by a rope outside the apartment window depression.
4: Yeah, inches away. And then we go back to
0: anger for several more phases. So you see, it goes like that. That's the modified jester, uh, 19 phases.
4: Though it was a very vague description, I get the idea.
0: Well, it's simple. It's based on that. But uh, um, there's, of course, we're contemplating the uh, phases of grief because it's just moments from now the phone's going to ring and I'm going to hear from, I don't know, probably my own man. My brother left a message that uh, my sister, he actually didn't leave a message. He said, you got to call right away. You know very somber and you know so i called back and he said you know my sister was very ill and she was probably going to die within the next 48 hours all the organs had shut down she had asked to be brought back home and she went home with the uh, hospice yeah
4: hospice yeah those those people are always very nice unfortunately they take all the good drugs and they leave
0: <laughs> well they were They've sometimes they can be very helpful in in administering the uh, the appropriate amount of drugs so that somebody can be
4: whisked away sooner, you know, with less pain. Yeah, I was kind of I was kind of disappointed when my grandmother died. I knew she was uh, she was they had her on some pretty heavy stuff. Man, I could have made a whole bunch of that. I was told there was tons of shit left over. Ridiculous <laughs> amounts of money could have been made. Ridiculous, but the fucking hospice not, nurse took all the shit. Yeah, what do you think she did with it? Uh, God, no. She's probably like, she I have to take this. She sh-. didn't give it back. She probably pulled out some funny baloney form and said, I have to take all this <laughs> shit, blah, 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 <laughs> because I swear to God, a uh, n- uh, relative who will not be named will uh, actually told me, he was like, I swear to God, I was like two seconds away from giving you all that shit and telling me, go get rid of it and give no me No
0: shit. It.
4: Oh, man. What a shame, huh? What a rip. I bet you she sold it all.
0: Well, I'm glad because I'm an adult and I actually don't think it's cool to take prescription drugs recreationally.
4: Ah, oh, but there are those... Very bad There, are, There are those kids that are of... Uh
0: yeah, I don't care about My this generation. That, yeah, I wouldn't. I would never condone you doing something illicit like selling prescription drugs for, no, for, no. for money. I'd
4: never do something like that. Well, whether that. you
0: would or you wouldn't, I wouldn't condone it. It's stupid. It's ridiculous. You, to, to risk your, your personal freedom to do something like that, it's moronic. It's moronical. Which is why I don't put it. Uh, I mean, of course, I did it, and I'm, I'm you know, all kids do it, but yeah. it's stupid.
4: I know, there's some pretty heavy shit though, out there that you really get to stay away from.
0: You know, this prescription drugs, uh, there's really, there's nothing, you know, they contain some, you know, heavy metals, and there's nothing good good about them. Yeah, so really, it's recommended it to stay in my, away In from.
4: my opinion, where where I grew up, the, there was basically an epidemic with this shit, and Oxycontin is basically synthetic heroin, man. Well, you know,
0: when I was a kid, there was no such thing. It was just, uh, there, there were Roarer 714s. The um, Qualids:
4: yeah, Qualids you can still those, only- those are still around those are still around. That was
0: the one and only prescription drug that I remember, but everything else was organic, you know mushrooms and pot and hash and
4: yeah, mushrooms are very hard to come by these days. I'm kind of disappointed about that.
0: Yeah, I remember when mushrooms were easier to get than pots have you, have you
4: ever gone uh, have you ever gone picking yourself actually? hopped the fence to a cow field and gone no. making yourself. It is no. quite an experience. I, I I strongly enjoyed that a couple times. And how do you know that it's not poisonous? Um, Because I looked it up in the on the uh, Internet. And it's how do on you know if you were it. wrong? How do you know if you're looking at it wrong? Well, I wasn't the first fucking one to eat it, so I, I wasn't worried about it.
0: I got gotcha. you. Well, anyway, so my sister um, is probably going to... Um, Die sometime in the next uh, forty-eight hours, sooner than later, is the word. So my father also leaves me a message. Oh my god! Like he's you know just. I mean the guy is like eighty-seven. He just turned eighty-seven the other day, uh, and old. his second kid is dead. You know, he did. I'm sure he did not anticipate that he'd outlive two of his uh, five kids. That already. would
4: that would really that would really that would really you know hurt that would really hurt me. To, see my kids dying i don't know if i'd be able to take that
0: you know to tell you the truth i would really that would really hurt me there's so much um water under the bridge with my sister between me and her uh over the years that um you know it's not a huge loss for me for her for, for her death I mean, my loss already came and went in my relationship with my sister. Yeah, over so, the years. In but essence, right she's now, been, she's
4: been gone to you for a yeah,
0: while. Yeah, but, um, but I do definitely feel my father's loss. He's in touch with her, you know, like every day, every other yeah, day, they instant yeah. message or email each other. Um, even though he's in Florida and she's in Boston, they're very, very close. She's really a daddy's girl. Who would you rather
4: who would you rather get the phone call from? Who would you rather hear it from?
0: You know, I just I uh, can't think of anybody in my whole family that's like safe for me to talk to. So Really? Whoever it is, it's going to be me with my sphincter tight as a uh as a wrench when the when the call comes because not only is it going like to be like father like son. Not only is it going to be horrible to hear, but it's going to be uh horrible to talk to the, whoever the person I'm talking to. Yeah so the whole thing's going to be horrible then i'm going to have to go travel somewhere and uh, deal with the horror of de- of being with all those people mm. it's just uh, there's just everything about it sucks the beef
4: well, that's really sad that you kind of lost touch with a lot of your family you're not on good speaking uh, it's not terms.
0: that i lost touch it's that it's that they're my mortal enemies. That they're that they're. When not I say you've mortal. lost touch, I mean no. Don't, actually, you I don't don't really, haven't really, lost don't touch really. at all. I t- I talk to them. Oh, you do. You know, once every few weeks or a month or yeah. so.
4: Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I thought it, I thought it was basically very non non speaking. It was for unless. a long
0: time, but you know, I I put aside a lot of my gonna, anger gotta, and and even though there's a lot of unrectified th- shit, I decided that that's the way it is in life. You don't get a you know shit that doesn't always get fixed, and uh, you know you got to weigh out the fact that they you know robbed me of a quarter of a million dollars against the fact that they're my one and only parents. That's fucked. So you got to ask yourself, does that mean I'll never talk to them again? Is it worth it, you know, for that terrible decision to have to make? But That's sad. So if the six suspected terrorists are sentenced to death at Guantanamo Bay for the September 11 attacks, U.S. Army regulations that were quietly amended two years ago open the possibility of execution by lethal injection at the military base in Cuba. So it was two years ago they slipped through this little uh, bill that said that oh and by the way if anybody's found guilty of any crime they can be executed next and nobody you know, noticed that because there was no trials yet but now here we are two years later now we are having trials uh-huh. and, they're, and they're trying to get, get these guys sentenced to death so that if they lose in the trial they can give them the give them the uh, yeah. injection uh huh Any executions would probably add to international outrage over Guantanamo since capital punishment is banned in 130 countries, including the 27-nation European Union. Shut the fuck up. Conducting the executions of the U.S. soil could open the way for the detainees, uh, lawyers to go to the U.S. courts to fight the death sentences, but the updated regulations make it possible for the executions to be carried out at Gitmo. So they snuck that in there. Now, what do you mean, get, shut the fuck up? Do you approve of uh,
4: the uh, death penalty? Oh, hell yeah, dude. Some people just deserve to die. I mean, some people deserve to die in a different way than others. Some people deserve to die quick and, you know, go. But uh, there's other people that deserve to die and, slow and, and painfully. And, and let me ask you something, you maroon. Really think about what they did before <laughs> they do it next time. And who if would- there is a next time for them, which I doubt it. Because they're going fucking nowhere.
0: And and let me ask you something. Who would you have make that decision? When you say some people deserve, deserve is a decision. So who would you have make that decision, say, for example,
4: about... The American public. I think we should just take a general consensus of what to do with these motherfuckers. And then when we get that back, you know... Go with we have, whatever we, we, whatever everybody likes more, you know, whatever comes up the most, we, and do that with the motherfuckers. That's what we should do.
0: We have but we have written down rules. It doesn't go by mob, it goes by Sometimes
4: of- sometimes the rules need to be broken or
0: bent. Well No. No, no they don't. No, you don't break the rules just because you say sometimes they need to be broken. There are the rules, the rule of law. We can't go around, we certainly can't uh, have a trial and put somebody on trial uh, uh, on the one hand and say, but it's okay if we break the fucking rules. If we're the rule of law, then we have to be impeccable. It's got to be one way or the other. So, no, it's the, it, it,
4: it, it most certainly does matter. You know, what I think we should do is I think they should host a public trial, just you, like total national holiday for everybody in the United States. Everybody just sits down and watches TV for a couple of days and watches the entire, entire trial proceedings. Well, they're not going to do that. And then everybody gets to phone in or some shit. That would be the balls. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're not going to do anything like that. It's all going to be a secret. They're not none of this. It'll stuff. be it'll be like it'll be like te- text your text your vote to blah 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 <laughs> to what to do with the Arab scumbags.
0: Yeah, well, that would be great. You know, like George Cohen <laughs> said that we should chop off their heads. It'd be like and,
4: American Idol, <laughs>
0: and then like try and get them into a hole of this, scoring different points, and
4: so, except it'll be Middle Eastern terrorist instead of American Idol
0: well uh i couldn 't disagree with you more. I do believe that um people who are guilty of um, a crime should be prosecuted, but i don 't believe that I think this whole thing is an excuse but
4: who's, what, are, who are the, what are they what kind of jury are they going to use
0: I, I think this whole thing is an excuse to inflame. The American people to to you know falsely agitate you know, once again to put on these phony baloney show trials um, and every two seconds say oh by the way we can't prove any of this shit because it's all a secret uh, take our word for it um, it's a government secret and uh, they hope to of, of the six maybe get one or two of them executed you know in that way again this whole um, You know, I said this before, the the whole mantra of this um, administration has always been history will vindicate us. That in the long run, people will look back and say, yes, they they acted outside the law, but uh, they were revolutionaries and they, you know, did great things and so on.
4: Not everybody's going to re- be remembered
0: nobody's going to be remembered that way, but that's how they rationalize what they do. A lot of times people say to themselves they'll understand me a thousand years from now, and that way they can rationalize you know doing something wrong, like lying to the American people and maybe uh, committing these some of these terrorist acts themselves and blaming it on other
4: people no they're going to get looked back on as scumbags right.
0: And yeah, always and forever more. But this is one of the ways that these people rationalize. Um, you know, I'm glad to see that's what's running our country. Yeah, so they're going to put on this phony baloney uh, show trial, and you know, get everybody whipped into a frenzy. And
4: what's the deal? How are they going to? What uh, is they going to? What kind of jury are they going to use? Like, where are they going to get the people for ju- the jerry and shit? Well, that. it's a
0: tribunal. There is no jury, per se. It's like a bunch of judges.
4: Who gives a like fuck? Like a bunch it? of military judges. Yeah, but I think, I think the public should get to decide what to do with them, man. I really think that they should, <laughs> Well, like, I agree with you. shit with all these other people? You know what, Bob?
0: Thinking. I think you're 100% correct. They should, if, they, if they've committed a crime against the United States, then they should be tried by a jury of their peers, just like any other criminal in the United States. Yeah. I agree. I think you're right.
4: Though everybody's probably going to have their mind up before they walk in there. A lot of people are going to have their mind made up before they walk in there. There's going to be a huge issue with that, you know. Well, they're not even real jurors anyway. You'd never be able to have that trial take. You'd never be able to pull jurors from New York or Boston. Eventually they'd go
0: to trial. The Senate today approved new rules for government eavesdropping on phone calls and emails, giving the White House much of the latitude it wanted. And granting legal immunity to, tele- to telecommunications companies that helped in the snooping after the September 11th terrorist attacks. Here's what happened: um, back uh, after, shortly after 9/11, the government went directly to these ca- uh, te- telecom companies like AT and T and Singular and yep. so, so on, and they said, "Give us these records quick. It's a matter of terrorist, uh, you know, investigation." And the uh, companies said, Well, normally we'd have to say, Please show us a uh, warrant for that information. This is our customers' information. So the government went, you know, like acted like, What? This is a national emergency, man. Do we have to beat it out of you? What's wrong with you? Fork over. come and down they, there. <laughs> and they bullied the telecom companies into forking over this privileged information. And once they got them to do it once, they kept getting him to do it over and over again until New York Times burst out with this fucking story a few years ago. Yep. So now they have passed a bill today that says it's okay to break the Constitution and, and to make, uh, to eavesdrop on people's phone calls and emails, um, and it also gives a blanket immunity to the telecommunications companies that cooperated with the government. So they can't be prosecuted. Protection from the telecom companies is the most prominent feature of the legislation, something President Bush had insisted on and essential to getting private sector cooperation, spying on foreign terrorists and other targets. The bill would give retro- a retroactive protection to companies that acted without court permission. So they're going back in time and saying any company that did it prior to now Yeah that already participated with the government without permission from the government, they're still immune from prosecution. That's some fucking The House did not include the immunity provision on a similar bill that passed last year. House Republicans now want to adopt the Senate bill, which would avoid contentious negotiations to work out differences between the competing legislation. About 40 lawsuits have been
4: filed against the telecom companies. Didn't, pe- uh, didn't Verizon give up a whole bunch of numbers for them to do uh, some... Like a uh, drug stuff on or something. I don't know. I heard that from somebody. A rumor that Verizon had given up a whole bunch of numbers to do uh, to for to be tapped and shit for drug information. Drug information? Yeah, I don't uh, hear. Uh, it. I don't know. yeah! I think everything you, every
0: shit. story you hear has like a drug angle to it. I have.
4: Well, I have to get it. I get it from my underworld connections. That's what I'm saying.
0: In other words, that's where I. Well, that's where words, I get a lot of information. In other words, shit. other morons, right? Like you. Fuck you. About 40 lawsuits have been filed against telecom companies by people alleging violations of wiretapping and privacy laws. So now all those lawsuits just magically go away. Um, Bush promised to veto any new surveillance bill that did not protect the companies, arguing that it's essential if the private sector... um, uh, is to give the government the help it needs. I mean, you, they call it help. Of course, I call it um, you know, unconstitutional violation of my civil rights, yes. that the company that provides me with cellular telephone service is going behind my back and giving the, the, the phone company information about me that I didn't authorize them to without a fucking warrant. Why would they do that? And then when I go to fucking sue the company, uh, I found out the government has protected that company by making them immune against my fucking lawsuits. The fix is in. The Senate bill provides fair and just liability protection to those private companies who have been sued for billions of dollars only because they are believed to... um, have uh, done the uh, w- w- the right thing and assisted the nation on the September 11th Bush- uh, terrorist attacks, Bush said. They did the right thing and broke the law. It's amazing how these people twist the concept of right and wrong. They did the right thing. I mean, it was wrong, but they it was the right thing.
4: It was the right thing to do.
0: Even though, of course, it was, it was well, wrong. my, 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 my well, Clearly it said. was wrong, obviously, but...
4: My mom my always said... It it, it, it was okay to break the law every once in a while. So
0: now the next phase we move into after denial is what?
4: What is it? It's,
0: It's, uh, uh, It's anger. Anger? It's, why me? It's not fair. Or, you've got a lot of nerve to say you are my friend. When I was down, you just stood there grinning.
8: Behind my back, I used to be among the crowd. Say, how are you? Good luck, but you don't mean it. When you know as well as me, you'd rather see me. And your place. Don't you understand? It's not my problem. I wish that for just one time you could stand inside my shoes, and just for that one. Just one time, you could stand inside my shoes.
1: Who gives a fuck! You like to hunt a lot! Diarrhea, Rocky Mayavia fuck you, wife, your homie did, he's fucking you, fuck the
0: Up, take a look at a fool. That's an
4: interesting song. Man, He's man, got I a like
0: heart it. as stubborn as a mule. Come on, everybody. He's good for a laugh, and no one can tell his heart is broken in half. That's the casinos. You never heard that one before? No, I never heard I that mean, one. I uh, mean, James Darren, Goodbye, Cruel World. It's got that calliope going on there. Like that whole clown doot, thing going
4: doot,
0: doot, 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 doot. doot, doot. And you know there is this kind of uh, very irresistible juvenile, infantile um, tendency to want to just say, "Well, goodbye, cruel world." It can be very dramatic, you know, and then hope like everybody like really feels guilty and sad.
4: That would be the asshole thing to do.
0: Insane clown posse. Before that, fuck the world. You know the guy that operates the Rouge River drawbridge and Delray on Jefferson. Yeah. Fuck him. Oh, yeah? Why? That's the lyric in the song.
4: Oh. I wasn't paying close enough attention.
0: Fuck the world. Don't bother to analyze these lines in this song. I say fuck 93 times. Bob Dylan started that set with Positively 4th Street. Three decidedly angry songs in the Kubler-Roth... Uh, five cycles of anger, we've uh, done denial and, uh, I mean, five stages of grief, we've done denial and anger. And we got the other three coming up. But of course, we were mentioning earlier that there are many, of course, in the modified jester scale, there's 19 stages. For example, there's six stages just of sick grief, There's a sick grief stage that lasts for six full phases of various degrees. That's heavy, man. Oh, yeah. That's heavy. It's a bloodbath. It's a bloodbath. There's actually one phase where all you do is you bang your head
4: against the tile wall saying,
8: stupid,
1: stupid, 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 stupid.
4: Kind of reminds me of uh, Sesame Street when they get that dude on the on piano or whatever and he's smashing his fucking head off the <laughs> piano dude just, bam bam yeah there's bam.
0: one stage just of doing that yeah in the
4: jester uh, he's trying to play the song he's like Mary Had a Little Lamb he's trying to play it all bluesy <laughs> and shit but he can't do it he's smashing his fucking head off the piano dude that's right that's priceless dude that was a good one I used to love that one when I was younger
0: all right, we'll look at the other stages, but we're talking about my uh sister who's uh, probably going to be dead sooner than later. So she has MS. She's only 50. What what exactly is MS? Multiple sclerosis. It's a it's an insidious disease. It's a progressive disease. It's it uh, causes the myelin sheath surrounding your nerves to just um be disintegrated uh-huh. and it leaves every nerve in your body just exposed. And you just, uh, you know, so her whole body is shutting down now. Her all, all her organs are shutting down, so she hasn't got long to go. That's sad. Yeah. But um, uh, 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 but that reminds me um, of the Helen Keller jokes. Did I tell you, uh, you know
4: any good Helen Keller jokes? No, but did you ever see the South Park episode where they did the Helen Keller, they did the Helen Keller shit? Oh, that was priceless. What was that? They did they uh they had to do a, a musical the Helen Keller play for like some fourth grade shit or fifth grade. So they had some thing.
0: good like deaf jokes in there?
4: Mm, yeah, and they were just yeah, absolutely brutalized it.
0: Okay, so you know what they did? You know what Helen Keller's parents did to punish her? What? They rearranged the furniture.
4: Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I've heard that one before.
0: <laughs> so if you think of any more so, and my my sister, by the way, who was profoundly deaf, perhaps from birth, perhaps from from shortly thereafter. She
4: was She didn't have Tommy status, did she?
0: What's that? No, no. She but um, she loved Helen Keller jokes. President Bush said today that recent displays of uh, nooses are disturbing and indicate that some Americans may be losing sight of the suffering that blacks. May have endured across the nation. Could you believe we're fucking going back in time?
4: Are we still are they still fucking milking us for this, dude? I mean, come on, dude. Give it up, man. We're not gonna fucking pay.
0: No, 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 no. There's no milking, you simpleton. It's not black people milking. People are hanging up nooses to terrorize black people all over the country.
9: <laughs> That's fucked, dude.
0: Yeah, they're doing it like the way the southerners put up the uh that um you know, flag. Yeah. To, to, to make black people feel uncomfortable, you know? Yeah. They're, they're, pu- they're hanging up nooses. It's like a new, like, like a swastika, you know, specifically for black people.
4: <laughs> that's, that's fucked.
0: What the fuck is going on? You're out there in the world. Do you sense, like, a
4: heightened sense of racism going on? I don't know. I mean... I've been, I don't know, I've, I've gone and hung out in some fucking shitty neighborhoods, man, like, a lot of black people around, and I'm the only white kid, you know, and fucking everybody looks at me mad funny like I'm fucking nuts, and I'm just sitting there hanging out chilling, you know, I'm the same as them. But, you know, everybody just looks at me like I'm fucking crazy, like, dude, is this white boy for real?
0: Is it like the look I'm giving you right now?
4: Yeah, like that one. Not quite, but like that one.
0: The era of rampant lynching is a shameful chapter in American history, Bush said. At a uh, Black History Month event at the White House, which began with serious comments about prejudice and ended with music performed by The Temptations. (laughs) And now we have some niggers to give us a number. Come on out and give us a number, young black men. The noose is not a symbol of prairie justice, but of gross injustice, the president said showing once again that uh, he can repeat the same word repeatedly. They always give him things like that because he sounds good. Do
4: you think they rehearse with him before he does that show? Repeatedly. Do they, do they just give He up? looks
0: into the, into the camera and he goes, the noose is not a symbol of prairie justice, but of gross injustice. That's what he's good at, doing these kind of like snippy snappy... You know, and then he gives this that look. that rednecks can understand. Right. And then he follows it with the look, the George Bush look, which can only mean like, huh? Hey, huh? Huh?
4: Huh? 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 I really can't fucking stand rednecks, man. There's just something about them that just, I don't know, man. Your every, president's a redneck. Every I know, but every fucking redneck out there is just absolutely... Downright fucking stupid. Well,
0: rest assured, they think highly of you as well, Robert. Oh yeah, I'm sure they do. I'm sure. As they a do. civil society, America should agree that noose displays and lynching jokes are deeply offensive.
4: Just like it's going to be illegal to say the word "nigger" or something like that. Well, you
0: know, of course. Now I want to hang a noose here in the studio. <laughs> now that I hear it's officially offensive, because. Uh, you know, I hate to have people tell me what to say and what to do, you know. It really is about, you know, the, how people take it is more about them than about me. Yeah. Because it I can hang up nooses and swastikas all day long, but, uh, you know, if it, it, you know, w- what has that got to do with you? If you don't believe in it, then don't believe in it. Yeah. Don't be outraged about my beliefs. Whatever, whatever Just happened, walk on by. Yeah, exactly. Walk on by. Keep walking.
4: I mean, like, if you really wanted to be an asshole, I guess you could run down, you know, walk down the street and just, you know, scream nigger repeatedly. But I mean, fucking, you know, that's your and right to do it if you want I to freaking do. if you want to do it, dude. Go and ahead and I, do I it. I believe
0: it is my God-given right to run these, down people the street are gonna look at you screaming and be like, Damn, nigger.
4: That guy's a fucking asshole.
0: Or genius. Or, huh? Huh? Or 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 brilliant genius. They're going to say, "Now wait a second. He's making sense now." He said, "Nigger, nigger, 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 nigger." Maybe he's got something.
4: You know, I, w- I wonder. I wonder if I ever accidentally slip in front of a cop and drop that drop the n-bomb man if i'm gonna get fucking hauled off to jail or slapped with a fine or something is that for real dude too
0: bad we live in a time and place where you know this is uh this is an issue where words can actually matter whatever happened is fuck.
4: sticks and stones can break yeah, my man. bones but names it's not about
0: when somebody says nigger it's not about them it's about the other guy man this, if you don't give a shit sh- what, what's with can? this
4: generation man it's kind of pussy dude it's exactly. It's a bunch of pussy it's ass fucking, fucking white I mean, people dude, looking
0: to be insulted.
4: Yeah, like it's like, oh my god, he said nigger. Watch exactly, out. exactly,
0: exactly. Oh my god, he said nigger. We have to protect the children.
4: Are you fucking kidding me? We, I need,
0: say, help. I need a mo. I need a pasta. Somebody get me a pasta salad and a motivational cassette,
4: dude. I've heard kids, white li- little white kids and little black kids, as young as eleven years old saying nigger. I right? I really don't give a fuck. It
0: has no. nothing to I it's I don't bullshit. know what that's got to do with it. You could be any age. It's a
4: bo- oh no,
1: let's protect the children. Ugh. Fuck that. Yeah, dude. No, Who the gives a just, shit? Children
0: are not are not in danger of hearing the word nigger. There's no proof that the word nigger itself it's that it's a, it's, a, it's if I actually didn't like black people is what my children would sense. Not the use of the word nigger. Even children learn to understand, to distinguish the difference when they see black people come in the house all the time and they treat them like equals and they hang out with them and they call them niggers to their face and behind their back and the difference between that and the people who call them niggers and really hate them. You you could tell the difference.
4: Yeah, I mean, I have plenty of black friends that, you know, fucking call me cracker and I call them nigger and shit, you know fucking call me a mick or a guinea or shit like that. It doesn't bother me one freaking bit, dude. You don't see me flipping out. You know, grow the fuck up, man. I mean, come on.
0: Exactly. It tells you more about you, how your response is, than the guy who said it. A Bush administration plan to crack down on contract fraud has a multi-billion dollar loophole. The proposal to force companies to report abusive taxpayer money will not apply to work overseas. Uh. Get that? That means those fucking Halliburton Uh. companies that are working in Iraq and Afghanistan, those non-bid contracts that they have, they're making billions of dollars a week off the American people. They're not uh, susceptible to this um, To this new law on contract fraud for decades, contractors have been asked to report internal fraud or overpayment on government funded projects. Compliance has been voluntary, and over the past fifteen years, the number of company reported fraud cases has declined steadily. Now, the Justice Department wants to force companies to notify the government if they find evidence of contract abuse of more than five million dollars. Failure to comply could make a company ineligible for future government work. The uh, proposed rules, which are in the final approval stage, specifically exempt contracts to be performed outside the United States. According to a uh, notice published last month in the Federal Register, critics, including the watchdog group Taxpayers Against Fraud, said that the overseas exemption raises suspicions. I hate to sound critical, but what lobbyist working for a contractor in Iraq wanted this uh, get-out-of-jail-free card, said Patrick Burns, spokesman for the government watchdog group. I'm not saying that's the way it went. I'm just suggesting that um, that's the most logical line to draw, said Burns. I think somebody's got some explaining to do. So this is clearly a special interest, I think, is what this guy is saying. Doesn't help the American people to exempt people just because their contracts are meant to be performed overseas. Mexican paleontologist was cleaning up after lunch with a group of school children she'd been teaching to dig for bones in the northwestern Mexico when she found a dinosaur bone. I was basically collecting trash, Martha Carolyn Aguillon Martinez recalled at a news conference today. Twelve years later, after much digging, drilling, piecing together, it became clear that the helmet-crested, duck dinosaur didn't belong to any previously identified species. It was new. Teacher in her classroom Mm -hmm. in Salt Lake City, Utah, discovered a brand new kind of dinosaur. The composition of its skull with a nose on top of its head, elongated nasal passages meant that his call was probably one of the most unique aspects According to Terry Gates, Utah Museum of Natural History paleontologist who was part of a team of Mexican-American and Canadian experts involved with the execution,
4: they were like little trumpeters, he said. Did you hear about that? Uh, that, that, those dinosaur bones, the remains they found in uh, China? The dinosaur actually had feathers, like they had imprints of feathers and shit on there? And I it's, do believe it's I living do. It's living proof that uh, that... For a period in time connection. a lot of dinosaurs had feathers and it's the link between birds and Exactly, dinosaurs. yes, yes, And I believe that. It's the Velociraptor family and the T Rex family and all that shit, like it it all kind of it all branched off and went in different directions and the the one got bigger and the Velociraptor just got smaller and smaller and smaller until it, you know, just evolved into this one bird looking type thing. It's actually kind of like a pigeon thing now. It's kind of weird. A what? Yeah, it's like a pigeon thing.
0: Hey, you're on the air with uh, Jester Radio. Who's calling?
10: Hi, it's your brother. Hey. (laughs) Uh, it's over. (laughs) (laughs) She's passed.
0: Oh. Well, I do appreciate the call.
9: What are you going to do?
10: What
0: are you going to do? So, she had uh, a good life. Did she? She, she did. She did. She, she, she did she, have a good life. She played the hand she was dealt very well. I'll say. So, uh, now, who is this? Who's calling, please?
10: That's your brother, Jerry. It's... <laughs> hmm. <laughs> I got to go. the a lot of...
0: There are a lot of things to attend to. Well, thanks for calling, Jerry. All right, bye. All right. So there you go. My sisters died, I guess. That was Jerry. Ah, uh, Jerry. Yeah. It's funny. I didn't know about my Jerry brother. I know I had the other brothers, but I wasn't aware of the Jerry.
4: Oh, uh, actually, looks like, looks like uh, old, old Papa Jester did some fooling around back in the day, huh? Have you uh, ever paid $3,000 for a bra? No. That was what
0: one fan forked over for one of Shakira's bras. Uh Uh-oh. And she is beyond hot. She may be the
4: hottest living chick on the planet today. You know, celebrities can make a killing off of just selling their underwear alone, man. How sick is that? Another admirer shelled
0: out $14,000 for the privilege of meeting the pop sensation... And receiving front row seats at a future show in Toronto, so they get to meet her. They, I guess shake her hand. That's sweet, man.
4: And sit in the front row. I guess that's what fourteen grand can get you these days. Fourteen grand. God, that's somebody's got a fucking little girl that's just absolutely. The two bids nuts were among uh, the highest offered, or just
0: some dirty old man, maybe. Yeah, that'd be fun. That'd be
4: funnier if it was some dirty old man.
0: The two bids were among the highest offered for 40 items that Shakira donated to the Internet Auction for her Bare Feet Foundation, which is building a school for impoverished children in northern Colombia. Another popular item, a shiny lavender skirt with turquoise and coral beading that she wore while singing uh, Hips Don't Lie, Uh. got more than a grand. The items were were, um, from Shakira's 2007 fixation tour. Yeah, I mean, oral fixation tour. Still up for grabs until Sunday is an, an electric Fender uh, guitar and an acoustic Taylor. Taylors, of course, you know, are the uh, handmade acoustic guitars, both bearing yeah. the 31-year-old's signature autograph. The audition has raised so far 76 grand. It was a phenomenal success, said Eric Gazen, president of the auction CAUSE. I uh, told Jester Radio in a telephone, telephone interview today, we had bidders from 10 countries.
10: Mm.
0: Man, she is... She is excru- She's 31 years old? She is excruciatingly hot. She's banging, dude, for a 31-year-old, dude. And let me tell you, man, she is like on fire. Yeah. She is so
4: fucking hot. And yeah. the singing... If I would to do her, if I can- her, I'd ask her to sing while I did her. <laughs> <laughs> that would be the shit. And do that little dance thing she does in that music video with her Well, the thing she does with her singing, the growling
0: that she does, that kind of really sexy singing, is just insane. You know what I'm talking about? That growling. Yeah. When she growls like that, that just fucking drives me absolutely berserkitude. Yeah. That's heavy. A jury began deliberating today in the trial of former police officer accused of killing his pregnant lover, Wrapping her body in a comfort and then dumping her in the park. Did you see this guy on TV? No, I didn't. Oh, yeah, I think he I heard was something Blabbering, about him. this nigger blabbering like a lunatic, hysterically. In the have you watched like the court TV channel? No, 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 no. Bobby Cuts Jr. testified through sobs that uh, he went to um, Jesse Davis's house last June to pick up their two and a half year old son Blake and accidentally killed her with his elbow to her neck. As he was trying to leave, he accidentally used his elbow, so and he, he swung his uh, elbow, and it got her in the neck,
4: and then she just fell down dead. Penalty. He probably would have been better off if she tripped down the stairs, and then Thousand the
0: searched for Davis in the area surrounding her northwest Ohio home before he led police to the body. Cuts thirty, has pleaded not guilty to charges including aggravated murder in the deaths of the 26-year-old Davis and her near-term fetus. Now they have a separate charge for killing the fetus. The Christians won that fucking one, oh. getting the fetus to be recognized as uh, as a as a separate entity. The day it is shot out of the womb, it is alive. I guess. What if she has
4: uh, hemorrhoids? Is that a separate murder too? I don't know, man. Depends on how big that bitch is. I mean, if it's like a fucking if it's like a true growth, and yeah, I guess you get this. You could.
0: Well, some of those hemorrhoids can be, stick out quite a ways. Yeah. And what about all those billions of, um, of those bacteria that live in your intestinal tract? Oh, so uh, yeah, really, what about that? Yeah, we, that I mean, like we billion, cover them, too.
4: Is that like a billion murder charges there? I think, uh, what, 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 did the, what would that fall under? Like Would that fall under PETA or the, or the Christian group? What do you think? Well, the Christians, of course, don't recognize bacteria because they're too small. Oh, they're too small. If they're
0: smaller than the Bible can see, then they don't count, apparently.
4: Oh, so that thing. so I guess I guess Peter I guess Peter takes that one. I guess yeah. All right. So Peter didn't get theirs in the trial.
0: You know, honestly, I don't even think Peter is behind the bacteria. To tell you the truth, I don't know if they have any champions at all. To tell you the truth, sucks for PETA. <laughs> sucks for the <laughs> suck, no, it sucks for the bacteria. He testified through sobs that he killed her accidentally. A thousand searched the Davis area. Looking for her, he's pleaded not guilty. In closing arguments, prosecutor Dennis Barr said that the former Canton police officer's story makes no sense. Barr said cuts wanted Davis and her fetus dead because of mounting debt and child support for the fourth child. You don't hide the body unless you're trying to cover up a criminal act, a purposeful killing, especially when you're a trained police officer sworn to serve and protect, Yeah, Barr said. That guy, man, I got to tell you, the reason I, I I mentioned his 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 crying was because sometimes, man, you hear people crying and you think to yourself, "Holy crap, that is like the phoniest, baloniest crying I have ever heard."
4: No, you I'm look- sure his was real crying because he's he's thinking, "Oh fuck, dude, I'm gonna get raped like a." When and I hit yet, the jail he still couldn't fucking manage to produce. He's gonna, real he's gonna get fucking. Water. He's gonna end up somebody's bitch in that jail, guaranteed. He's a big
0: dude, man. He's a former cop, so I think that the guards look after you when you're a former cop. But on the other hand, I think the other inmates have a boner for you. They'll probably fucking be yeah, after his they'll, ass. They'll
4: be after him one because he's a fucking cop, woman beater, and he fucking. He, yeah, I think he, it's because he's a cop. He killed a woman. No, that, that, that plays a big partner, man. They, they don't fucking like that shit, dude. They'll find out, man. They, they get buddy-buddy with the right person. They fucking... They'll pull up all your shit. Find out who it is. They'll fucking kick the shit out of you, man. They'll kill you. They fucking... If you're in there for rape and shit, sometimes people get killed for that yeah, shit. Yeah, no, man.
0: I know. But I'm, think, but I'm saying I think it's actually much worse. I think in the prison code that being a cop is much worse than being a woman beater.
4: Because they're all woman beaters. Oh, yeah, of course, of course. But I'm just saying, that's on top of being a cop, so he's right. extra fucked. Right. I mean, he was fucked before just right. because he killed, oh, most certainly killed the chick he is extra and her fucked. baby. I but now agree he's like just superly fucked because he's a cop.
0: I agree. Yeah, I don't think they're too worried about the people he killed, though. I don't think the people in jail hold that against him. They're all pretty much the scum. Homeowners threatened with foreclosure would, in some instances, get a 30-day reprieve under initiative that Bush administration announced today. Critics attacked the proposal as far short of what's needed to resolve a serious financial crisis that's threatening millions of families with the loss of their homes. Under the new Program 6, you know, what's really going on here is that for just years and years, there was absolutely no oversight. These banks um, were letting these uh, phony baloney agents uh-huh. get people to get mortgages that they couldn't afford just to get them into the mortgages and get their commission. Yeah. And that nobody was checking up on the real qualifications of these people. Um, and the, the banks were complicit and the agents were complicit and the people were complicit. It was everybody's fault. People who signed the mortgage the most of all because they were committing their money. They thought, haha, we're getting away with murder here, Martha. We're really not qualified, but we're getting a house anyway. <laughs> and we'll just work real hard and make that. Yeah, sure, it's two or three hundred dollars more than we thought we can afford, but we'll just do it. And they couldn't do it. And then when the times got tough, that mortgage bill keeps coming every month.
4: Yeah. So
0: it's, you know, people are whining that, oh, they were exploited and taken advantage of by the agents who wanted their fee. But the truth is, you're responsible for any contract you sign. I don't care if it's a 500-page contract. And if you can't read the whole thing and figure it out, then you have no right to sign it, walk away. If when you get there at the closing, it says, Oh, it's $200 more than you agreed, uh, than, than it said on the estimated, uh, you know, uh, mortgage payment statement that they sent you, you know, six months ago, then get up and walk out. If you can't afford it, it's a your responsibility. But it was also, you know, complicit by the, these agents because there was no supervision of them and by the banks. Because clearly there was no supervision of them. They were giving away loans
4: like hot's cake,
0: as Eva Gabor would say. Well,
4: that's what they do, man. That's how they make their money. They, get, they catch yeah, they people, they get them
0: in debt, and then they just they suck and, them in. That's right. And they give you this horse shit about, oh, we're not in the foreclosure business. We don't want to make money by, by foreclosing. Horse shit. Well, of course they're in the foreclosure down. business. That's exactly the business that they're in. That's how they make their money back. They're going to make all their money back when they sell the house. Every fucking single penny of it. They'll probably make more because... And fucking, of course they'll make more. Because they're going to sell off all their shit. They'll make every penny that they're owed and they'll get it t- today instead of over 20 years. Okay, now moving on into our five stages of grief. We've moved past denial and we've moved past uh, anger. And now we get into this kind of... Uh, middle ground, which uh, some people call the bargaining stage. Just let me see my children graduate from high school, and then I could die. Just uh, just stay with me one more night, my darling, and then you could say goodbye to me tomorrow, and we'll, you know, so uh, just let me live long enough to, uh, you know, Uh, 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 see my dad, you know, have his uh, 85th birthday, you know, or anything, that you start making these deals with God or your conscience or whoever. And that's the third phase to the phases of grief we're talking about this evening, the Kubler Roth, five stages of grief. I just found out that my sister, probably before the end of this show, is going to be dead, and uh, we're already preparing for it, dealing with uh, uh, how, uh, how to go about the various stages of uh, grief. So now we're on to bargaining. The casino starts out this set. Uh, please don't touch that dial. You're on Just Radio, coming to you from a secret location outside your universe.
2: You see each
0: you're a freak of science my friend he's some kind of thing the Jackson 5 on Jester Radio oh baby give me one more chance and won't you please let me back in your heart the casinos before that then you could tell me goodbye but if you must go I won't tell you no but uh, if you wait a lifetime before you go so there's your bargaining uh, songs. We're in the three, we're in the five phases of grief this evening on Jester Radio. Uh, some of these phases can last for a day, an hour, a week, a month. Some of them literally can last for years, especially the next one coming up, which is what happens to a lot of people after a great loss. And remember, these losses don't just happen when people die. They can you know, be losses from a divorce or any circumstances, from a job, anything that's, you know... The truth is, we're not really built to lose shit. We're very dependent on shit being chronic, shit being the same every single day. Yeah. And when something is missing one day, when you get up one day and that, that thing that you've become accustomed to is no longer available to you, it causes a pain. It causes a difficulty, an adjustment, a mental difficulty. And of course depending on how well built you are mentally otherwise to begin with you know it could be devastating you know of course when sometimes when people lose somebody very close to them they just fucking you know go completely you know to shit now my girl my my sister sat down who I just learned earlier this evening is probably going to be you know dead within the next couple of days um, sits down with my wife and I, you know, shortly after I'm married, maybe 24, 23, 24 years ago, and she says to me, look, I just wanted to get to get everything out in the open with you and Mrs. Jester and the family, and I'm going around telling everybody in the family, I'm gay. And I said, "Now yeah, you're telling me. <laughs> <laughs> I said, I've known for the past 15 years. Are you serious? She said, you knew? I said, well, I mean when I walked into your apartment and I saw that sign on the wall that said a woman without a man is like a fish without a bicycle yeah I kind of got the idea so when I had asked her why her first marriage had broken up she told me because of premature ejaculation (laughs) I swear to God I said are you sure that's why she was oh definitely we couldn't stay married he kept coming too soon (laughs) (laughs)
4: <laughs> and you uh, didn't know that before you started before you married the dude yeah right exactly Oh, I guess they figured you know oh it'll you, pass you, it'll, it'll pass. pass yeah
0: no but she just didn't know at the time that they she were, was gay oh, so. or she couldn't admit it to the family or I don't know what the fuck but she was telling everybody she would rather tell, go around and tell everybody that her husband suffered from premature ejaculation she couldn't get sexually satisfied that's fucked isn't that crazy 89-year-old woman used an axe to break down her own home (laughs) after she locked herself out in the patio hemmed in by deep snow. I had to bang the glass four times with the axe before it broke, she said. She turns 90 this weekend. Now, you know, you and I know that when you swing an axe, it's pretty much the weight of the axe that breaks the glass. So if she was swinging it four times and couldn't break the glass with an axe, could you imagine how lightly (laughs) she was touching that glass with the axe? Palmer said a sliding glass door locked behind her on Saturday after she went outside to rearrange some things that had gotten wet on the patio. Snow sliding off the patio roof had formed a pile seven feet high between her and the yard. She had no escape. Uh, About six feet of snow had fallen on (laughs) Durango. In uh, Colorado this winter, National Weather Service said, the axe was there for several years to chop wood, but I no longer used a wood stove, Palmer said. So there was this axe sitting there for years after anybody ever did
4: anything with it. And she had to smash the window or the door open with it. See, and that's why I always leave shit out, because you never know when you're going to fucking need it. And it'll just be right there when you need it, man. Alaska state troopers
0: see plenty of hazards, but... Trooper Howard Pearson was nearly felled by a new one, a falling moose. Peterson was driving on February 2nd on the Seward Highway south of Anchorage when something big and black fell out of the sky. What the fuck? About 20 feet in front of his patrol car. Falling rock, he thought, ready to steer clear if it bounced onto the highway. The thing didn't uh, roll or shatter. It turned out to be a moose that uh, fell from the cliffs near the highway. Drivers often see doll sheep on the cliffs, but rarely moose. Peterson estimates the animal fell 150 feet or more. It was a windy night that night, he said. A gust may have startled the moose into a fatal fall. They occasionally uh, have bad days like the rest of us. They slip and fall. Maybe he was reaching for a branch, and the snow just gave way you imagine what was going through that fucking goose's head? He
4: <laughs> probably had no idea what that was about to happen and then Let me splat. tell you
0: something, man. You know what the last thing he thought was? <laughs> hey, you're tuned into the Roofings of a Acclaim on Jester Radio this uh, Tuesday, February the 12th, the year of our Lord, 2008. We're on phase... What are we on? I don't know. What the fuck are we on? You don't even remember, do you? Depression, right? That's right. That's exactly right. We're on phase four. After denial, anger, bargaining, finally comes depression. The state where you just feel so sad and you feel, why bother going on? And uh, so what I do is I took a walk around the yard, dug the flowers till it got too hard, smoked my first pack of cigarettes today. Then I went down to Lucy's old cafe, put a half a case away, took a sleeping pill, and I tried to read your book, but, you know, it just didn't seem worth all the time it took. And then, I woke up crying in my sleep.
9: I took a walk around the yard, I dug the flowers till it got too hard. I smoked my first pack of cigarettes today Then I, I went down, down to Lucy's old cafe I put a half a case away Took a sleeping pill and I tried to watch TV But you know baby, the leading lady looked too much like you For the likes of me And I woke up crying Thanks, baby, tonight there ain't no help for me. See, I just had a bad dream. That's all that's wrong with me. See, I just had a bad dream. Went out to loosen up the car. Somehow I wound up at the rainbow bar. I had a Got and sold on the run But I didn't get too far Then I, I ran and down Some friends I used to know I Dragged them out to see the show I ran myself a bath And I tried to read your book But you know, baby, this time It just didn't seem worth all the time it took Just had
11: coffee every morning Comes from a place that's far away When I'm done I feel Without you here, there is less to say. I don't want you thinking I'm unhappy. What is closer? If I lived till I was a hundred and two, I just don't think I'll ever get over you. No longer move. I shook the hand of time, and I knew that if I lived till I could no longer climb my stairs, I just don't think I. it dances and it haunts me laughter still ringing in my ears I still find pieces are you thinking that I don't get asked to dinner? Cause I'm young to say that there sometimes do.
6: And
11: even though I may soon feel the touch of Just don't think I'll ever get old
6: If
11: I lived till I was 100 and
0: Hay on Jester Radio so super sweet you know that's an open decor tuning and he's just uh, grinding away and there's one you know there's one note that he's sliding up and down and then everything else is just droning and it gives that really sort of haunting sweet sad kind of uh, sound the uh, genius of course behind men at work Colin Hay on Jester Radio just don't think that I'll ever get over you her face, it dances and it haunts me. Laughter still ringing in my ears. Still, find places of her likeness here, even after all these years. So, that's the uh, we've been talking this evening about the five stages of of uh, grief. And um, the fourth one there being uh, just depression. You know, there are too many amazing songs about depression. We had to boil it down to just a couple. We didn't want to get too fucked up there, too mired. In the, you know, there's a lot of sad songs out there. But Art Garfunkel started that one with Crying in My Sleep. That's pretty bad. When you actually wake up in the middle of the night to cry, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> then you know you're, you're having a depression there. But then, coming up, we've been talking this evening about the five stages. These are, um, and you know, because I got the news that my sister was going to probably be dead within the you know, next 48 hours, they said, but probably more likely the next 24. And she had thought ahead years, you know, a couple of years ago and had a funeral for herself because she's been... Fading fast, you know, this uh, multiple sclerosis she has, it's a a degenerative disease, never gets any better. It can go into remission for many years, but it starts up again, usually with a vengeance, and then it fucking, you know, kills you. And it's a gruesome kind of death. So you basically, you know, you become paralyzed, you know, your whole body uh, becomes paralyzed, you become a quadriplegic, and... That's fucked. Yeah, it's so fucked up. And she was a very vibrant woman. She was, uh, you know, um, played softball for her, uh, you know, her, her college uh, uh, teachers uh, team. You know. Uh huh. And she was very active. You know, played, you know, bold for the te- for for a team, and she was very physically active. And uh, one day, you know, she called me up and she told me she had, uh, you know, we used to use, back before the internet, before instant messaging like we do now, uh-huh. uh, she, we, we used to use um, what was called a TTY, teletypewriter, yeah. where you'd take the phone, the receiver, you'd put it down in this cradle and you'd type on a keyboard and she would see it on her end and you'd see it on your end. And uh, my folks had bought TTYs, they were about 200 bucks, 300 bucks each. Yeah, And my folks had bought one for all the brothers and, you know, for everybody in the family so that we could all talk to each other. That's cool. Um, and stay in touch, you know. Otherwise, it was like letter writing, you know. Nobody was going to do that. So we really talked to her, like, maybe three or four times a week. And my typing has really always been really good. So, we, you know, it was no hindrance for me. And... um So, and she had a lot of shit going, even until just a couple of weeks ago. uh, She's been sending out, you know, the past 20 years, she's been sending out, like, her little newsletter of all the shit that's happening in her life. Yeah. Yeah, every, like, week or two, she sends it out. She's been living with the same woman for the past, like, 30 years, Alma. So she talks about her and Alma, and it's
4: just her and Alma for 30 fucking years. You know, I got this wicked annoying Christmas card from somebody... Right. My parents got it, and it was just, it was fucking horrendous. This lady was just like on and on about each of her kids. Like, Oh, you mean this, one of these, like, yeah. not just
0: a card, but you're saying one of these, like, it's newsletters like, about
4: her whole life. Yeah, what everything that's gone on, you're like, oh, my God, been, it was she's wonderful. worked so hard, blah, 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 and she did the unthinkable. She took time off in August for herself, the unthinkable. Oh, no, <laughs> we wouldn't want her to take some time off. Oh, no. Uh, I can see that made you very better. Oh, no. We wouldn't fucking want that. (laughs) Calm down.
0: Well, that's right. That is kind of weird when people do that. We always sort of goofed on her for doing that, but the truth is, man, I read those things word for word. Every and one you of probably her laughed your ass off. I, did. The I did. It was man. just like one of those fucking
4: shoot me now.
0: I did. I, got, I must say, I did enjoy them. I got to tell you, man, I'm going to miss them now that they're gone. That's for sure. Shit. That's, you know. But, uh. Yeah, they were kind of corny, you know. And the weird thing is, I think because she lived in this other culture, you know, it's weird. She grew up in my family, but her friends were not like the kind of people. You know, deaf people have their own, like, weird little culture. I don't know if
4: you know about this. Do they really? Yeah, they have, like, their own clubs and their own hangouts. Like, I don't really see very many deaf that's people why. hanging around. That's they kinda why. They kind of just, like, do they have, like, their own stores and shit, too? Like they fucking. Don't, they
0: don't have their own stores, but they do have their own hangouts and um, they do hang out with each other because, you know, they can't communicate with hearing people as well. So it's a big challenge. So they, as a result, they have their own culture. They literally have their own culture. The deaf have their own culture. And I know because, like I was saying before, I was part of the culture for many years. I was actually a member of the Massachusetts State Association of the Deaf and went to all the, the you know, things. And, you know, when I was living just, you know, a few... Uh, nearby my sister. My sister was a professor of language at Northeastern University, tenured professor, teaching American Sign Language. It was really one of the first programs that taught uh, ASL as a foreign language, not like as a wacky kind of part of the psychiatry department or something, but as a real language. And she introduced the, the theories of uh, ASL grammar and so on and so forth. Some really radical shit back then, at a time when deaf people were getting their hands slapped when they were caught signing to each other in school, because their parents wanted them to mainstream and didn't want them to be reliant on sign language.
4: <laughs> you know, you know, it seems really amazing balls, now. You know, doesn't? it really be the balls to date banging ass deaf girl if she was like wicked hot and she was deaf she like she could hear but she just couldn't speak yeah man that would be
9: the fucking
0: dream oh if she can hear but not speak yeah Yeah. that's i I don't care what she i don't care what she hears i just don't
4: i just don't i don't want to fucking i don't want to
0: well deaf people can speak but they just can't hear it's the opposite what you're describing is a mute Uh, all right well then a mute dude that would be the shit and of course when I was a kid all my friends all thought that my sister was a mute because she was deaf they didn't realize she had a fucking loud mouth on her, she could scream at the top of her lungs so there was a, mytholo- a lot of mythology about deaf people that they're stupid and that they're all mute And
4: is her uh, significant other or whatever deaf too? yeah
0: yeah and by the way, you know, the Jeff was, you know, because of my sister, got into being an interpreter and was an American Sign Language interpreter for 15 years, certified interpreter, because of my sister.
4: Yeah? That's sweet. So
0: that's how, why she chose that path, you know. She met, Jeff met my sister when she was 15 years old and, you know, thought, wow, that's really cool. I should do that for a living. So that's why she went down that road. So, yeah, it'll be a big loss, you know. I got to tell you, they're probably going to, you know, she also was on TV all the time back in the day arguing all the deaf causes and all this shit. So there'll probably be some shit about her in the deaf uh, literature around the country. So we'll keep you up to date on that. As we move now into the final stage, and uh, we'll we'll, uh, have to leave you this evening. We've run considerably over. I'm sorry about that, but you know me. What is that two last tabs stage again? Of, two tabs of uh, purple sunshine. I could go till five a.m. Oh know yeah. That. But the last stage now we had denial, we had anger, we had bargaining, and we had depression, and then finally there's this acceptance. It's and it's not just acceptance, but you know not just like oh well it's going to be it's going to be, but there's this sort of sense that it's going to be okay. That I can uh you know manage, I can move forward from here, I'm not gonna die. Like, you know, sometimes there's always this sense when the depression is very bad that you're gonna die. But when you come out of it, you feel like, well, I can ma- I can manage, I can function, I can move forward from here. And there's this beautifully very sweet song. <clears throat> you know about this guy, Chris Haynes? No. You don't know about this? No. Garth Brooks changed his name to Chris Haynes for an album, uh-huh. and he dyed his hair, and he actually took on the persona of this other person, and like everybody around him got like very worried for a while, because he like walked around, he was like, "Don't call me Garth, I'm Chris Haynes. and he like literally dyed his hair, and he like turned. Well, why? Into a- why do you do all that? He did this because he wanted to create an album from a different perspective, from a different you know sort of musician. He didn't want to be a country and western. Singer, he wanted to be maybe a pop singer or a rock singer or a uh, torch. All right, that's singer.
4: cool. I, I can I understand that.
0: You know, I'm sure you can, as an artist as you are, you could probably get and respect that. It's a little
1: out
4: there. It's a little out there. It's know. a, little, it's a there. little extreme. It's a little you know extreme. What? But whatever works for you,
0: man. I guess so. And you know what? He produced some amazing work. As a, I really don't don't <clears throat> excuse me. I really don't care for him as Garth Brooks. Well, neither do I. But as Chris Haynes, he did a song called The Dance, which became popular for some reason during the 9-11 thing. Uh, I'm not sure why it got, it got uh, sucked into it. But when you talk about acceptance and the, and the ability to move forward, this was the first song I went to. I have a bunch. But this was the first song I went to. Now listen to the lyrics. starts out, looking back on the memory... Of the dance we shared, neath the stars above. For a moment, all the world was right. And how could I have known that you'd ever say goodbye? And now, I'm glad I didn't know. The way it all would end. The way it all would go. Our lives are better left to chance. I could have missed the pain, but I'd have had to miss the dance. And this is what I wish on everyone. Go through the five stages because you don't want to have had missed the dance to begin with. It's definitely worth the pain. Uh-huh. Having people in your life that you love is worth the loss. The truth is, you look in my outlook, 15% of the people there are dead. I have the same database since 1986. And that's just a fact. We keep going through these losses over and over again. And we keep rebounding from them and we keep uprighting ourselves at the end of this process. And then we get hit again and we have to go through it all over again. So, but, you know, luckily uh, we do have the end to look forward to. And then when we finally do, then we'll have not missed the dance. That's the beauty of it.
4: So I leave you
0: in the good hands of Chris Haynes, and remind you that we will meet in that place where darkness never comes. Until that time, Houston, good
3: night. See you tomorrow. Looking back on the memory of the dance we shared beneath the stars above for a moment. All the world was right How could I have known That you'd ever say goodbye And now I'm glad I didn't know The way it all would end The way it all would go Our lives. Are better left to dance I could have missed the pain But I'd have had to miss The dance Holding you I held everything For a moment wasn't I the king? But if I'd only know how the king would fall, hey, who's to say? You know I might have changed it all, and now I'm glad I didn't know the way it all would. Could have missed the pain, but I'd have had to miss the dance. It's my life; it's better left to chance. I could have missed the pain, but I'd have had to miss the dance.